If you're in the Austin area, come join us Saturday, December 19th from 2 to 4 p.m. for this very special event. Simple and sacred yin yoga at Sanctuary Yoga Indoors. I'll be teaching this event and it will be COVID compliant and socially distant with a limited number of spaces. The practice will focus on healing yin elements to help with the imbalances we might face during these cooler seasons. We will draw on elements such as receptivity, introspection, and softening to feel more restored and grounded in the mind, body, and spirit. If you haven't been to Sanctuary Yoga, it is so pretty. You're nestled in nature. There are ancient trees lining the property with this beautiful, majestic quality. If you're interested, please reserve your spot as spaces are limited. You can go to sanctuaryyogaaustin.com or the link to RSVP is in the show notes. Before we get to this episode, I want to take a moment and give a big warm shout out to our newest Patreon, Jean M. Jean, thank you so, so much for supporting the podcast. I am sending you a virtual hug right now. I know you can feel it. And if you too are interested in getting your very own shout out on the show, plus live virtual classes taught by yours truly, podcast stickers and a love note, please consider becoming a patron. You can check it out on patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. The link is also in the show notes. Now, let's enjoy this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Yoga and Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and embodiment teacher who is living and learning every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am so, so curious about all things yoga and. This podcast is an invitation to open up your aperture to how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than something that you do on a piece of rubber, but could it be infused into other aspects of our lives? That is the question. This show is also a celebration for the hardworking people in the mind-body community who are being of service and are contributing to the world in creative and innovative ways. Thank you so much for all that you do. On today's episode, we will explore the subject of yoga and modified movements, and I'm especially excited about this one because we get to sit down and chat with singer, songwriter, plant lover, and yoga teacher, Ania Michelle. We will be discussing all about yoga and what it truly means to add modifications into our yoga practice. Also, we'll talk about normalizing props, among many more things. I know you're going to love this conversation just as much as I did. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is singer, songwriter, yoga teacher, and plant lover, Ania Michelle. 
Hey, Ania, how are you? I am good. Um, thankful to be here. Um, yeah, today's been full of peace. <laughs> good. Um, I'm, just glad to, I'm just glad to be here. Good. I'm so happy you're here. I've, I've been wanting to have you on the show and now you're here and it's awesome. Tell me a little bit more about how you got to Austin. Yeah. Um, so my husband and I have lived here for almost four years and my dad lives in Dallas. So we went to go visit him um, when we lived in Maryland. We came to visit him and my stepmom and um, thought about moving to Dallas. And it was so funny because he's like showing us around. And then I was like, how far is Austin and San Antonio from here? <laughs> um, just go visit, fell in love with Austin instead of Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, and then like jokingly, we started like, look like, looking around and um I remember like I think it was like a month later I moved to Austin <laughs> like right wow. after um, visiting and then Cam came like a month after that um but it was funny because my dad and I road tripped uh from Maryland to uh Texas and it was like 26 hours and wow. um, <laughs> yeah we were supposed <laughs> to like, split the drive but my dad just drove the entire way and um, I was just in charge of the music, but I'm a big fan of making playlists. So that entire time, um, we never skipped a song. And like to have a playlist that someone else also enjoys really makes you feel good. <laughs> um, and yeah, so been in Austin, just exploring and to this day still doing that. But yeah, I love it. <laughs> So what is your personal definition of yoga? Yeah, uh, recently I saw, like a few weeks ago, I saw this uh, beautiful caption of a quote and I'll read it because it really resonated with me. Um, yoga is a dance between control and surrender, between pushing and letting go, mm. and when to push and when to let go becomes part of the creative process. So, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> so we'll take a moment for that to like sink in, but I really loved that. And it really just described what yoga meant to me. Like you come into your mat and there are times where you might have a sequence in mind or you might have some poses that you want to work on, but there are times where I just go on my mat and just, that's it. Like I just go and express myself and figure out what poses um, my body wants to move in today and um, just go from there. So yeah, um, another thing is with control and surrender, there are times where I want to balance and my body's telling me no. <laughs> um, use a chance for, uh, for balance there or um, just falling out of a balancing pose and being okay and surrendering to that. So. That's a beautiful quote, and it, I can't quite wrap my head around it fully, but it, it's very deep, but it feels like yoga's in relationship to yourself, and right. it's going to look different on any given day, which I think yeah. is such a complex way to think about it. Uh -huh. Like it never, it's, it's always evolving, um, always changing, you're always learning, there, I know that people joke and say like, oh, are you like an expert yogi? Like, no, <laughs> not at all. You should always be learning in anything that you do and, and love. So 
Yeah, that you're always creating as well. Yeah, I feel like in response to that, I'd say, how dare you? I'm not 120 years old. <laughs> like, that's how long it would take to be a master or expert at it. <laughs> what is your first experience with yoga? My first experience um, was actually in college. It was me and my two roommates. I had to take, during that time, I was taking an online, um, I guess I'll call it like a physical activity class where we had like a heart monitor and you just had to have your heart rate over, I think like 120 and just keep it there consistently. So I saw that there was a yoga class and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So went in, rented a mat, can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, like I stayed in the back of the studio and I was just like looking around and I remember everyone was like stretching and warming up before class and I was like okay I guess I'm supposed to be doing that too like I don't really know and I just remember throughout the class I kept feeling like very nervous and out of place and like looking around and trying to make sure I'm doing everything right Mm -hmm. um and I don't know not really like leaving the class and not really liking that feeling like yeah I enjoyed the thought of yoga but I didn't enjoy how it felt to be in that class. So I remember like going and turning to YouTube (laughs) as a lot of people do and just building my own practice as well. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. I certainly can. And uh, whether you've actually taken yoga before or not, you know, if you're a seasoned yoga, you know, you remember the first time, but everyone can relate to doing something new and vulnerable and yoga definitely is intimidating in that way. And, um, I've, I've taught Pilates for a really long time and I've taught yoga and I feel like more people seem to be intimidated by yoga than being new at Pilates. And I think it's because yoga has this whole culture around it. That's very different and mysterious. If you don't know, if you don't know what OM is and um, how did you start teaching yoga exactly? Yeah, um, taking that experience. <laughs> and I remember I was teaching an after school program and we had to do a once a week activity of some sort, very broad. And the other examples that I had, like the other teachers were doing, I think it was like a baking class for the students, flag football and a play and so the kids like came up with their own scripts and everything that was really cool and so I remember being in five below and seeing yoga mats for five dollars and I was like whoa that'd be like a really (laughs) great idea like something um that we can all do together and work on like breath work with movement and so I got I got the uh, yoga mat and I worked with third through fifth grade girls who were outside it was like every Wednesday or something for an hour and we would just go through poses and to get ourselves like more comfortable we went around the circle and each student like came up with their own pose and then we would mimic it so it was really awesome just like get ourselves our bodies moving and just feeling more comfortable and confident in ourselves and then from there we would like sequences (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yes, but I just remember like how I felt at the end of that class and just 
seeing their facial expressions at the end, it was like, we really found something here, like, <laughs> that we all enjoyed and, like, really looked forward to. I don't know. It really sat with me, and I hope it that experience sat with them, too. But I just, I know that in elementary school, school's hard. Kids are mean. Um, you do your own things in life at home. So we always just left everything at the door, came in with an open our heart, and even like students that get didn't get along, um, they did during that class. <laughs> like they oh, that's that. nice. So I don't know. It really made us a family. Like we were just able to feel confident in ourselves, but also just feel comfortable um, to be vulnerable around the people around us. So mm-hmm. it's really nice. That's really sweet that you did that and you chose yoga as the activity. And what a contrast, that feeling that you're talking about, the class with the girls versus the experience in the studio. And you alluded to it a bit, but what exactly might you have been searching for, looking for in yoga classes that you weren't seeing? Yeah, I was searching for options. (laughs) Keyword. I was searching for, like, I remember my college experience not being offered props, not even like really thinking about that because no one else was using them, but seeing blocks in the back of the room and, you know, oh, I don't want to be the only one with blocks. Um, so taking that like mindset and, and understanding that all of our bodies are different. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to accommodate for that. So observing your class and just being able to see that everyone is different everybody is different. Even if you can do pigeon one day, tomorrow you might not be able to, or your body's telling you that you shouldn't. So just with that, just searching for options for everyone. My husband, Cam, uh, took me to a beautiful yoga studio for my birthday last year. And he told me like the name of it. So I looked it up and I was like, all right, well, let me choose a class that would be good for both of us. So I chose an all levels class because in the description, it also specifically said for beginners, (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to sit here and just take a crazy class that he won't be able to do or something like that. Cause that's just not, no. Um, So we get there, we're sitting down and on our mats and we're talking. And I remember the yoga teacher coming in and like looking at everyone, like serious face (laughs) And before she even greeted or said who she was, she was just like, "Um, is anyone a beginner in this class? And Cam raised his hand. He was the only one. And she was like, she looked straight at him and she said, well, this is going to be very hard for you. And I just, I remember thinking, okay, first of all, we need to leave (laughs) because this is, yeah, this is ridiculous. Second of all, there's a, there's a, a way to do that um and an example (laughs) would be to have everyone lay down and you could easily say like okay is this your first time or are you a beginner um raise a hand that way you're not doing it in front of everyone and you're not calling someone out at the beginning of a class also just like I told my students the third through fifth grade girls it's like if you're going through something (laughs) Leave that at the door and come in with a positive attitude because that was, that was just crazy. 
Um, but Cam said that he wanted to stay. And for me, if that was me and I'm a beginner and I just came into that class, I don't want to keep going, nor do I want to even try. Like I might be too embarrassed to even leave and I might just stay on my mat and feel very discouraged. Um, but he did what he could. I got him some blocks and when I could, I would show him the poses. At times he would, you know, take child's pose. And for him, he always knows, he knows his body and he always knows when he should go into child's pose or, you know, stay in tabletop for a few breaths. Um, but that's what his body is telling him to do, which is very important. But not everyone knows that. And yeah. I don't know, that really set with me. <laughs> well, yeah. There's just, there's a way to say things. And I think the key, if you are serving, like if you are, if, if you are going to be a teacher in any way, like yoga or anything, and mm -hmm. you see that someone is having trouble, like you're observing your class, then how can you accommodate or make this for them as well? Instead mm -hmm. of, okay, I had a mindset when I came in here, I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to teach this way. And I don't care about anyone else. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> So it's like changing that mindset of what you had planned and going with what you need to in order to help the people that are actually in front of you physically or virtually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having options <laughs> that's become a big thing. And I don't just mean, you know, options as in props, but I mean, like, there's a saying, bus stops. <laughs> so yeah. practice yoga when I was doing my teacher training, they had that thing of bus stops. So let's say you're in baby cobra and you have your, your head and chest up off of the ground. If you want, you know, as an option, you can come up to up dog and extend your arms. Um, but that's an option. So you can start somewhere and move your way up or you can be at that first stop and just stay there. Wherever you are, you feel comfortable. Mm. So yeah, just having options and being able to see the people around you <laughs> and if you've asked like hey do you have any I know I've taken uh, your class actually I've taken a lot of your classes and um, going around and saying hey do you have any issues or you know is there anything that you'd like to work on like opening that line of communication is very key too so that way you are addressing what issues people have if you can, and accommodating with specific poses to help your students instead of just doing whatever, yeah. <laughs> which you can do, but not be teaching and you can do that at home. So it sounds like inclusivity, including people of all levels in the class and then being teaching to the student and being adaptive, which it is more work and normalizing props is also what I'm hearing. Yes. So it's just like if people can do their jobs and truly read the room, then yeah. there's no problem. And treat people as if, I mean, you don't know what they've been through or they don't, you don't know how their day has gone. And so wanting to be really gentle to them and not stern and, and shaming them for being new. So especially when you want me to come back. Yeah. What like is that? I, 
afraid. You want me to feel comfortable enough to come back, right? Like that should also be the goal. So I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And so we're already talking about modified movements and this is about yoga and modified movements. Um, Do you want to talk about more modified movements like, um, or yoga modifications, like your favorite ones? Yeah. Um, The first thing I'll say um, that I always think of is your body right now is a yoga body. Mm. So not, not focusing so much. I know that in a class setting, when we were all together, it is so easy to focus on someone else's mat. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where you don't know what's going on and you're like, I need to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're looking around. um, But trying not to compare yourself with other people because Mm. where you are right now is perfect and where they are is perfect and you with props perfect (laughs) or without like yeah so I think being able to have props um virtually and in a class I think it's important to, for balancing poses, um, if you want to just be near a wall, if you have a chair and you'd like that for support in any pose, you can use that. I enjoy just using um, a bolster or random pillows (laughs) or a lot of blankets. Um, And for example, like if you're in forward fold and you have your arms dangling down, your fingertips do not have to touch the mat. There are times where people's hands are um, behind or like touching the backs of their ankles. That's cool. You don't have to be there though. But if that's what their body's telling them to do, that's perfect. And if your hands are telling you to touch uh, a blanket or a bolster or a chair, (laughs) placing your forearms on a chair and and placing your head on um, your forearms, that's beautiful too. Another one would be uh, supported chair pose. So you can squat down just a normal soles of the feet down on the ground, extending your arms up, or you can place your tailbone on the edge of a chair or a mm-hmm. couch. Another one is placing your tailbone on the back of a wall or just, you know, behind you. So just on a wall and then securing your, your squat to where you want it to be and extend your arms up. So there are so many options um, and going back to even that quote from earlier, being able to understand that you're creating too. <laughs> you're yeah. creating, even if someone's giving you, like I say, I'm here and I'm guiding you. I'm giving you options. Um, but if your body's telling you to do something completely different and you find your own modifications in that way with the props that you have, that's perfect. So, Yeah. <laughs> And actually that modification you gave for chair pose is actually really challenging. I, in some ways it's more challenging than doing chair out in the middle of the room, specifically the sitting back against the wall, I found very deep. Um, So it doesn't necessarily mean easier just because it's a modification. (laughs) 
somewhat recently, I got a tarot oracle card reading from my friend Lauren. She has been studying tarot for a few years now and feels like it's her true calling in life. And I would have to agree with that. She is looking to gain more practice in reading for others. So she has generously offered to the first 22 listeners, that's you guys, pro bono tarot and oracle card readings. You can connect with Lauren in the show notes uh, to take full advantage of this really nice offer. I love my reading with her. She is truly gifted. And my favorite question to ask for readings is what is my blind spot? And I'm always surprised by the answer. Do yourself a favor and schedule with Lauren today. She is a talented, up-and-coming tarot oracle card reader. I know you're going to love her. Link to connect with her is in the show notes. Welcome to the Spotlight Corner. This segment highlights Black, Indigenous, people of color and or LGBTQ plus individuals, community, businesses, and organizations, specifically in those areas. And in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people who I think are awesome and would like to show my support and hope to inspire you in supporting them as well. Lately, I've been taking virtual dance classes. Workout with Erica Nix. Oh my God, cardio, aerobics, dancing. I have been somewhat resistant and self-conscious always about dancing, but Erica makes this so fun that the time truly flies when I take her classes. You learn a little bit of every dance move. You learn how to protest cheerlead. She teaches you how to rave. You learn how to dance to the song called Bubble Butt. Personally, these classes have been so good for me. I sweat. I get my heart rate up. Erica is such a knowledgeable teacher. Great instruction. She's also really fun and doesn't take herself too seriously, which I think is a really awesome bonus. Dancing is so out of my comfort zone, but I'm in the comfort of my own home with these virtual classes. So learning how to dance has not been nearly as intimidating as going to a studio and trying to find my rhythm. Also, if you've been feeling disconnected from your LGBTQ plus community like I have, it's a great way to stay connected to like-minded people. I also would like to give props to Erica because she has been teaching these classes in the community for years in Austin. She holds a safe and fun space for people who may not always feel comfortable or even welcome in a traditional workout environment. If you would like to check out Workout with Erica Nix, I'll put her info in the show notes. She has a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash workout with Erica Nix. It's very affordable, quite the steal actually. And I hope you feel inspired in supporting what Erica is doing. And I know you will have so much fun working out with her. And to be honest, We need as much lighthearted activities as we can get these days. So I hope to see you in class soon. What advice would you give to that person who can't touch their toes and they don't think that they're flexible? Like, what do you tell that student exactly? I tell them that I'm not flexible either, (laughs) first of all. And that, 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 that shouldn't stop you. Instead of trying to reach for your toes, you can reach for blocks. 
I just prefer, there are times where I wake up in the morning and I just, I like to forward fold. And there are times where my fingertips are just in the air. Um, and there are times where my fingertips touch the ground. <laughs> it depends on the day, <laughs> really, or the time of day. But don't think that being flexible is the only part of yoga because it's not. And that doesn't need to be important. Now, I will say that at one point I couldn't touch my toes while reaching for them, like having my legs extended. And then one day I could, <laughs> which was really weird for me. But being able to and not doesn't stop me from doing yoga and it shouldn't stop anyone else. And if you are taking a class where you're feeling like, okay, I don't feel as though I'm doing this right. You can always ask for help and you should always be able to and feel comfortable um, to ask for help. And if you don't, then there are other classes out there for you. Um, because in my opinion, I feel as though if you are taking a yoga class, you should be somewhere, even if it's at home, you should be somewhere where you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. and not so much comfortable in okay they're saying this all right cool those are words that are coming out of their mouths perfect but you should also be able to hear your own body and see what feels good and fits with you so if someone's telling you to um be in down dog for five breaths and by the second breath your body is telling you no <laughs> you need to get out of this come to child's pose and that should always be an option um, at the beginning of my classes, I normally say, hey, if we're in something and your body's saying, nope, I don't like this, you can always come back to child's pose or tabletop and stay there. And I think being virtual has helped people to focus more on what they're doing and what their body's telling them and, you know, still listening and understanding what's going on. Um, with the teacher and, you know, oh, now we're in warrior, but how does that look for me? How do I feel in this warrior? Do I need, actually, I feel like I should, sorry, I don't my water. I feel like I should extend both legs. I should have them both straight. Like I'm not feeling um, a slight bend in my left knee today and that's okay. So when we come back into the studio, I hope <laughs> that we all look different and mm -hmm. we're just, we're okay with that. We're comfortable with that. Teachers are accepting of that. Um, and students are just loving their bodies and listening to their own bodies. And modifications are just where it's at. So grab two bolsters. I remember taking another class with you, Ashley, <laughs> where I had one bolster. And I forget what pose we were doing, but I'm like laying, my chest was like over the bolster and I had my arms extended out above the bolster. And I just, I wasn't even feeling comfortable. <laughs> and I remember you came over just with another bolster. It's like, hey, you want to just use this too and place it there. And I felt more comfortable. But that interaction, not making someone feel like, hey, you need to get up and get another bolster for yourself or just being able, knowing how to talk to people. Honestly, that's really what it is. <laughs> like understanding that we're all human and we're just trying to figure out these poses and it might look different for everyone but making your student feel comfortable um no matter what that pose is or what they look like in. yeah i completely agree with you on that front and i think um 
you said something earlier about the teacher you're teaching virtually and just setting that tone at the beginning of class of, hey, if you need to come out of something early, do that. And I think I think we live in such a harsh society where, yeah. you know, do more is better. Do the thing that's harder is better. And what I love about yoga, or at least, you know, the yoga I take is there's room to do less. And that's yeah. really helpful permission. I think people aren't ever get permission to do less. I think that's so important. It's very yin. It's very restoring to do less. And yeah. we forget that as adults who have to be productive. And taking the, the idea that modification means failing or not being able to achieve something. Um, I think that's, it's a really like painful thing to think about because I don't know. I feel like if I'm reaching for something, mm -hmm. no one knows what's going on with my body. So if I'm deciding to use a bolster or, you know, forward fold in my way or anything like that, who are, who are you or anyone to tell me that this is the wrong way, unless I'm hurting myself, obviously, but like, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> I get so, I don't know. It's just, well, how does that know you're in your own right. body? Correct. Yes. Because yeah, as an yeah. example, I had, this was a virtual class on Zoom and normally I have it in gallery view so you can still see everyone if they have their cameras on. And mm -hmm. I remember um, we were, I think we were in tabletop and I'd already said like, hey, I like to place a blanket under my knees, um, especially if you're on hardwood floor, even if you have the yoga mat. Um, if you don't have a blanket, you can fold the yoga mat and have that extra cushion. And my friend didn't get one, but I knew that he had knee issues. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I make this better? So <laughs> then I just said, everyone grab a blanket or fold your, fold your yoga mat. Because at the end, um, I didn't know what the issue was with his knee, but I knew that like at the end, I knew that, um, or he told me that he had surgery on his knee. So, yeah. and his mind was telling him, oh, you don't need, like, you don't need a blanket. You don't need to put anything on your knees. You're fine. Like, like it hurts. Yo like, this is supposed to hurt and yoga should not hurt. You should not be in pain. Um, yeah. And once again, observing the class <laughs> and seeing what someone might need and okay we're all doing it then because I don't want you to hurt yourself or put you in danger so in that case wow. we're all going to fold our mats so then we have cushion on our knees yeah, but and then the mindset of, oh go ahead I was just going to say it's the mindset of failing and you're not you're not failing you're moving the way your body's telling you to. yeah yeah and normalizing props and I I think that's that's a wonderful alternative when you know someone needs a prop and you don't want to call them out. You make everybody do it. And then the person is probably realizes, oh, this feels pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Next time that comes around, the seed has been planted. Yeah. I love your beautiful monstera behind you. And I know you love plants and I know you incorporate plants in your teaching. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. Um, first, the monstera that you see, um, <laughs> I got this like a year ago for our, like our wedding gift to ourselves. 
and it wasn't this big, <laughs> but yeah, so I like, I think now that we're at home more, um, I took full advantage before March, I took full advantage of being in yoga studios. And since we've been home, my home practice has become even more. And I realized I was like, I'm missing something. So I already had plants, but I made my entire yoga area <laughs> full of plants because just seeing them grow, they're just so beautiful. And normally I'm like facing my Monstera. And so one day I just, I just thought of how big and beautiful Monsteras can get and be. And like us, um, we all come together to a yoga class, like a monstera in a pot. And we are <laughs> represented by the leaves of the monstera. We're all different. We have splits in certain areas, um, figuratively. <laughs> and some of us are turned towards the sun. Some of us are turned away from the sun. Um, some of us are a little lower. Some of us are a little higher. Um, like closer to the ceiling, but wherever we are, we are. And we come together to take the yoga practice like we take water. So we all have the water. We thrive in our own ways. We're beautiful in our own ways, but we're all here together. And so I always think of a yoga practice in that way. <laughs> um, and the same with like propagating plants as well. You can sit and watch, or I guess this can be used in cooking too, but you can sit and watch a plant um, and you won't see anything happen. You won't see after you have like a clipping of a leaf and let's say you just place it in some water, right after you're not gonna see roots. It takes a while. Um, mm. I think of myself in that way, like it took me a while to be confident in my myself and confident, oops, confident in my body and with yoga I feel like I am more confident and it's more so of not caring what people think um than really and not focusing so much on anyone else and focusing on my own mat or my own light and thriving in that way and not noticing it over time because it just happens like slowly it just begins to happen and you're like, wow, I, I'm in a really good place. Like I feel really good. And that makes me think of when it's time to repot or change the soil of like a baby plant or propagated plant. Yeah. So it's like you're growing and every time you grow and you get bigger, like this monstera, which I'm pretty sure this weekend <laughs> I'm gonna split it up. But oh, you grow and yeah. <laughs> but um, you grow and sometimes you need to be in a bigger pot. And I don't know. I just, I always think of yoga and, and plants all the, <laughs> all the time. Well, playing off that analogy of yoga and the plants and uh, growing and needing a bigger pot, I can think of the pot as maybe an analogy of like your community or who mm -hmm. you hang out with. And maybe mm -hmm. you evolve and you get to the next level in your, you know, spiritual mm -hmm life or awakening and then you you find you need new friends you yeah. know because the old ones you grew up with maybe are no longer the cup of tea that they once were so i don't know that, that's yeah playing <laughs> but that's a beautiful beautiful analogy the monstera and the people in a yoga class 
what are you curious about right now? And this could be related to yoga or not at all. Yeah. Um, I've been told <laughs> that I'm a fan of new hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy just doing, I, I enjoy creating. And right now, like I said earlier, like we're never done learning. So yeah. I got accepted to grad school. <laughs> oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Haven't really told anyone. So here we are. Um, yeah, it does seem like like a secret you're telling me. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, I found out uh, like, I guess like two weeks ago, but it was kind of crazy. I think that we're never, like I said, never done growing. Um, I'm also going to be doing um, 300 hour yoga teacher training with practice yoga. So at the same time. Yeah. What field of study? Um, creative writing. Oh, yeah. So an MFA in creative writing. My bachelor's was in yeah, creative writing as well. That's what I Ooh. majored in. Um, I love writing and I, I'm not done learning. I, I felt that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I turned, I'm just going to tell you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I turned in um, my manuscript. So it was three different, um, three different short stories. And I think it feels different. Like when I, when I like give my stories to friends to read and they say like, oh, that's cool. I feel like that's a different feeling than when professors or like just people you don't know also enjoy your reading yeah <laughs> so I don't know and that just that just felt good but yeah I'll be at the same time um the the teacher training is like once a month so it's on the weekend but yeah <laughs> where's the teacher training that's so exciting yeah it's gonna I think it's on zoom but um with practice yoga so that's why practice I got yoga, with practice yoga yeah Ooh, so well, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be so awesome because I, I, it sounds like you are also hungry for knowledge and you're going to have, you're going to have your plate full with grad school and 300 hour yoga. And I knew you were creative and it, this all makes sense. The creative writing. That's super, that's super cool. I love writing. I'm not, I'm not like, anything probably near you but hey that's just like yoga though you can't do that oh I didn't do a whole lot of school let's just put it that way I don't think I I feel like I don't know I feel like you don't even like you don't need school I don't know I just I I don't there was I will say hopefully she watches or she listens to this but I had a professor she knows who she is. Um, <laughs> um, I had a professor that taught this really cool digital class. Oh. And it was pretty, it was really interesting because it was like storytelling in different forms. So it was digital, audio, and through picture. Um, mm. And that, whew, that made me change my major to creative writing. <laughs> really yeah. that was like a catalyst for this big life change how yeah. funny because there's so many things that I do now and like I always feel like people put others in boxes or just assume like oh 
oh, you just do this one thing. That's all you can be good at. That's it. And I don't think that's true. Like, I feel as though you can be good or try different things and not be good and still do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm in this, I'm in this weird (laughs) phase right now or journey in my life where I'm just, I'm saying why not? And I'm just going with it. So here we are. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I'm actually writing a book right now, but it's a cookbook. Nice. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd for recipes and cooking. and um, But I've always had this thing about me like, oh, well, I only teach yoga or Pilates. Well, I'm like, well, I want to write a cookbook. So let me just do it. And it'll probably be in a couple years. But that's me like getting out of that story of yeah. who I think I am. So I'll keep you updated. I'll yeah, I'll, I'll totally support you and buy it. <laughs> yeah, keep me updated on your short stories. Yeah, I got you. I just think, yeah. I don't know, I think, and that can go back with yoga too, like, there's so many, like, you can have this one form of the way that you think, or the, the track that you're on, or anything like that, where you think something, and then you learn, and you keep learning, and you're like, oh, actually, you know what? That was actually wrong of me. Um, let me change myself, which comes back to modifications. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing that, hey, you know, I realized in my last class that I made that person feel uncomfortable by calling them out. So let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> and continue. And I, I feel like if you aren't able to continue learning in life, um, that can just be dangerous. So, yeah. I'm not saying yes, no one has to go to school or anything, but I'm just yeah. saying just in general learning in life, no one's perfect. Yeah. We're all just here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's all research. Everything's research, yeah. right? It, yeah. and, and you'll learn something and you think you won't ever use it. And then like 10 years later, it like, oh, I'm glad I learned. I, I'm glad I got an art degree because now yeah. I, you know, design houses or, you know, or, <laughs> Yeah. yeah who knows so ania how do you reset personally i reset with a warm cup of coffee or sometimes ice um, depending on how i'm feeling mm. and just some slow movements in the morning and that really began when i was like 10 or 11 <laughs> sounds sounds crazy but my grandmother and i um we'd get up early. She would go to a prayer meeting at like 4 a.m. really early in the morning and then get home around like 5.30 and (laughs) a.m. She would get home at 5.30 a.m. I'm still a morning bird to this day, but we would have coffee together and breakfast, like just Mm -hmm. a light breakfast. Um, And I just remember that it was very silent, like, and not silent in an awkward way. It was just us our coffee together and just with our thoughts Mm. and I don't know it's just something about that I stopped drinking coffee like obviously I was very young and I was maybe drinking a splash of coffee with a lot of milk but I didn't start really drinking coffee again until I was I think right after college Um, my husband and I worked at a coffee shop together and that's when I started drinking coffee but the whole just experience of making my coffee and yeah yeah that's (laughs) I'm just thinking about it right now I'm like I should just make a cup 
but it's just something about the process of grinding my beans and uh-huh. um, getting the espresso machine on to silence just with Ooh. myself. You have uh, fancy coffee in the morning. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I go with my French press, depending on how how the day's going. Um, if I want more coffee, but I don't know. It's just something about that entire experience. Uh-huh. And just being with yourself, the sounds of the coffee, the smell of the coffee, um, or tea, if that's your thing. But for me, coffee has been um, a beautiful experience for me in the mornings and sometimes at night. (laughs) That makes me want to grab a cup of coffee. I (laughs) love coffee as well. And I love my mornings and my coffee. For me, it's coffee, cats, and just silence and yes. uh, petting my cats, getting caffeinated and starting my day. It's just such a special yeah. time. It's just something about being in silence. Like even there are times I have my best friend Mahalit, like we can, we can be on the couch and not talking at all. And it's not like there is a such thing as like an awkward silence where, oh my gosh, we have to fill this. We have to fill this um, the silence. You don't. You can just be with people and just be in your head and just having a peaceful time. And I learned that from my my great grandmother. So just at a young age and really like when you asked that question, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't really think of it before, like my experience with coffee and why it's, it's, it's so important to me, but yeah. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. So coffee and movement. What are three things that people may not know about you and would be surprised to learn? And we've already learned some, but let's see more. (laughs) Tell me all your secrets, Ania. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm also, you said at the beginning, I'm also a singer, songwriter. So I had, I have two songs on Spotify that were a part of my wedding. (laughs) And fun fact, I got married in a plant shop. No, <laughs> what? what? In Austin or where? Yes. Um, yes. Tillery? Tillery Nursery? Mm, succulent Native. Oh my gosh. That is beautiful. I've seen their Instagram. That is a beautiful place. I haven't gone physically yet, but. You should. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Got married at a succulent <laughs> nursery. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's so funny because we got married in August of last year. And so I used to go to Succulent Native probably every weekend before uh-huh. that. And after we got engaged, I'm talking to my dad. And I'm like, wow. Because once again, in a box you think, oh, you have to get married, like, strictly in these, like, these types mm-hmm. of places. Nope, not at all. So, here we I are, love like, 30 people in a plant shop. We had um, a dinner the night before at Hank's. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Oh, no, I, yes, I have. I have. I have. Yes, Hank's great. is good. <laughs> yeah, they have, like, a coffee shop, so we had the, um, I'll call it the reception. It was the night before. We didn't do anything um, afterwards. Mm. So I just felt like you can, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> so I have two songs. Um, Late is the first one, and I walked down the aisle to that one. And it's a song about Cam and I. We're always late. Um, listen to it if you'd like. 
but it just describes why we're just we're just having a good time we're just here and then um, minivans and microphones my dad and I wrote that song and um I danced my my dance with my father was to that song minivans that's and so sweet so that's one thing also <laughs> I have a tattoo. This, I guess this could be a second. I have a tattoo of a minivan with plants coming out of it. You can't really see it. I'll show you later. It I, looks see, really I see it better. I see it better now that you're holding it closer. But yeah, okay. I see it's the like, minivan <laughs> like light colored. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do see the plant. <laughs> yeah, there are monsters coming out of the top of it and other beautiful plants. But yeah, so that's, I'm going to say that's two things. <laughs> Yeah. And then a third, at one point of my life, I, I knew American Sign Language fluently, but oh. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I, not anymore, but because I'm, yeah, not anymore, but I used to use sign language a lot more a few years ago, but now I'm really rusty. I can still like fingerspell, but, and I, I can still understand when people are signing, but yeah. That's a sad thing. <laughs> you want to pick it back up or you're just going to leave oh, it on definitely. the show later? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, where can people find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Ania Michelle. And I have a website, um, ania.yoga. And then on Spotify as Ania Michelle as well. So yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, and I'll link all your info in the show notes so you're just one click away from connecting with Ania. Ania, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on. Yay, thank you for having me. This is fun. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about yoga and modified movements with the knowledgeable Ania Michelle. I really appreciate her perspective on relating modified movements in teaching a yoga class. And I also loved her analogy on plants and students in a yoga class. All of Ania's info is in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her. And may I suggest that you do? She's a fabulous teacher and a wonderful human. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to stretch out the show to new listeners. Thank you in advance for doing that. Please consider joining our yoga and podcast Patreon. They're great member perks. Live virtual yoga classes taught by me and my kitties. Shout outs on the show. We send you podcast stickers and a love note in the mail when you sign up. And also starting in 2021, you'll have access to my secret club that's made for sensitive souls. You can find out more info in the show notes. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to connect with us, our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at Yoga and Podcast and let us know if you have any specific topics 
or guest request for future episodes. If you would like to apply to become a guest on the show, you can fill out a form on my website, ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast. The theme music is by Ali Holder. Sound engineering and mixing by Bentley the Cat. Guest booking and media by Chloe the Kitten. Remember that this podcast is for everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.